Welcome back to another great episode of Careful Boys. Somehow we got lucky enough to get Mr. Bobby Kim, aka Bobby Hundreds, on the wow. show today. Wow. What a legend. What a legend. He used to be Bobby Thousands before Crypto Crash. <laughs> <laughs> but after Crypto. <laughs> Did you crash hard in crypto? Because I know of you're heavily course. involved. Of course. I think anyone who had crypto, if you had it. Harder than us? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's competitive? I, I, I crashed pretty hard. Joe lost over a million. Uh, I mean, I guess if you, no matter if you slice it and dice it a certain way, of, yeah, for sure. We, I, I've definitely. We, 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 what about us combined? It's over two. Oh, over two. Over two. Easily. Yeah. Over two. <laughs> guess how much fun we had. Not that much fun. <laughs> and and you know what's even fun. better? This is the second time we did it. That's right. Because <laughs> we said the first time we're going to cash out. That's right. What was it like? Are you saying 2017 first time? No, first time for, 2000. For him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Around that time, yeah. Well. <laughs> This is a part of it. <laughs> what were you? De death is a part of life. That's yeah. true. What were you holding that now you? Re what were you like really pridefully holding that you now regret? NFT wise, anything in the Oh, see, he went to NFT first. That's uh, that's scary. That's a scary answer. Um, well, because I've been into crypto since 2017, but I think because of NFTs, I went much deeper. But um, I actually don't. I mean, there are some really shitty JPEGs, you know, bad NFT projects that. I, and I don't want to. I'm too. Are there honest. any good JPEGs? I guess is my whole thing. I think so. Okay. I think so. And I guess I guess it also depends on how you want to look at. Are they art to you? Are they collectibles and they're fun novelty things, or were they actually investments like stocks? And there were bad investments, but most of my NFTs I never looked at as investments. It was more like I just like having them in my wallet because either they have a utility or it's a membership to some community or club. Usually that's the utility. Or, yeah. The it's membership? It's just a DAO. It's just like vibes yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. Vibes, uh, cool vibes. Or it's just like cool art. There's some of it that I just like. There's like an a, a, an artist named Jujebam. He's a, a South Korean artist. And I collect some of his NFTs nice. just because I like his art. Mm. What do you think about that? I think my son can draw better than that. Uh, I think that's very valid and it has, you know, when you actually get into art and you realize much of it doesn't actually have to do with technical prowess or skill. His problem is his son will draw it on his fucking computer screen and Bart will cry because it's so beautiful. I'm sure it is. Permanent marker. That means something, you know? And so when you start trying to quantify and put money value, financial value on art, it's complicated because yeah. now you're mixing emotions with and sentimental value with like, and there's a tax money. tax hiding aspect of it that rich people play <laughs> like that the, is like the art part. community in general that's always been a big yeah, part of art so it's like is it really worth that much or yeah. is it because their friend yeah. said it's yeah. that much and now they need to write it off yep that's <laughs> definitely part of the game as well what's your favorite nft project do you have a favorite there's a project called Lit that I think is really smart. And oh, you could have said it was pretty lit. I thought you were going to... I mean, it is very lit. They, they, <laughs> I think they named it, the, the entire project, ironically, just to throw mm. people off the trail a bit. But when you get into the different projects they do, they're really smart and they're, and they're, and they're intelligent. There's... Um, What's uh, smart about that? What do they do? Yeah. They just... Uh, there's a project they did with Robert De Niro where uh, the NFT changes his face, facial expression. He makes different faces every time <laughs> you check it. Depending on where Ethereum is in the marketplace. So if it, Ethereum's falling off a crash like it's been doing the last couple of days... It, so he's like... He's like... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's literally... He does went down like, a little bit. It went down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> 
like, does he ever smile? I've never seen him smile at anything. Yeah, yeah, uh, he does. He does do a smile every now and then. <laughs> in his later films. I don't think I remember. Once, Zac Efron. The, once every four years, according to the graph. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So before people think that Bobby is a crypto god, I'm um, not. I'm definitely uh, not. We should, we should. Don't listen to me. No. Well, all crypto into, gods have fallen, bro. Yes. Fallen. We should go into a little bit of a history of why people know Bo like Bobby, because sure. like um, I know you of from clothing in the in the fashion world. Clothing, clothing, clothing. Okay, drop that G. <laughs> is that how you came up? I came up in clothing and fashion. Yeah. And I'm wearing his brand. Wow. I think the hundreds. Yeah, wow, you should be our lookbook model. Thank you. I, we, I will. That was a joke. He was joking. I won't even joking. charge. I won't even charge it. Yeah. I know. I've been discovered today. I, I got was, a big laugh out there, actually. We do get a lot of those messages from kids saying, "I will model for you for free," and I'm like, "Why would, would we want you to model yeah. for us? It's gonna cost you." Yeah, that actually costs us. That's another. Do you guys get this? I'll come yeah. work for you for yeah. free. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, do you know, I'm taught. giving you, I'm training you for free. That's what it sounds like. You know, like why would I do that's that? That's like the thing now. They're they're like um. It's like it's like when they watch those hustler videos. Yeah, the they're like, you know what you gotta do is you gotta learn how to work for free, man. And then when you work for free, then you just fucking learn. I wanna see your Gary V impression. Yeah, Can yeah. you do your Gary V impression? No, I'm not good. New thing too though is that they'll do that first thing where they're like, hey, I wanna work for you for free. I'm fucking hustle. And yeah. then they'll watch like uh, some TikTok video like like two days into working for you where it's like, if you're working for free, you're getting ripped off. And they're like, I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting fucking scammed. <laughs> <laughs> It's a two-day turnaround. <laughs> so much conflicting content. Yo, I need to get a paycheck, man. I'm not respecting myself. Yeah. <laughs> but you get a good two days of free work. Yeah, 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 yeah. The best work of two That's days. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but I got in through fashion and speaking of arts. I think I was an artist first. As early as I can remember, I was drawing. I was attracted to the arts. And I never thought I could make a living doing that just because I was conditioned from my parents and my Korean immigrant parents and my teachers and people in my neighborhood that were like, you're never going to make a living being an artist. Even my school counselor, I remember, she's just like, no, you, you should definitely not go down this path. It's hopeless. And I think that was kind of the logic at that time. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s and there just weren't a lot of inspirational role model stories of kids making it, being an artist and like building mm -hmm. successful careers and being entrepreneurial. But our generation did that, right? Like we figured yeah. out how to make businesses and thriving economies work around uh, your passions and like being creative and artistic. And that just that wasn't the case. You yeah. Know? I was did you have a, yeah. did you have Korean parents that whooped your ass? Whooped my ass almost every other day. Damn. Yeah. Do you pass on Good that deal. that lovely Korean tradition at all? I do not. <laughs> it was so traumatic. And I've been unearthing so much trauma oh, for no. the last 30, 40 years through deep therapy just to get out of that oh, mess. Shit. Did your parents ever rip up your illustrations when you were a kid? I didn't. They didn't rip them up because they didn't know I was doing it because I had to hide drawing. You, you have to hide head. the drawings? Wow, yeah. And most, a lot of kids' childhoods at that time where you were hiding under your covers, reading Playboys or, yeah. you know, like under your bed and your parents were like, where are you? And you're like looking at hustlers. You're just down there with charcoal pencils. I literally was. <laughs> Disappearing ink. I would have to. drawing naked women. That's what you're <laughs> I, you'd have, I'd have to like Damn. listen, you know, like, like, like you're watching porn and you have to be like really like sensitive. <laughs> 
to like, is someone coming down the hall, you know? But I was doing that for drawing. Like, I was just like, someone coming down the hall. Looking at the door every two yeah, seconds. Yeah, exactly. Just like, He's like a prisoner yeah. that can't have all Couldn't draw. Like you can't so draw. Think of, that's how much it meant to me when I was finally able to draw for a living. And it mm. was liberating. It was, uh, I was actually making money drawing. And then at that, that was, people asked me what was the moment that I knew I made it. And I'm like, that was probably the happiest day of my career. And I was like, just starting. I was, we were making enough money to pay them rent. And then I was like, I can draw forever. And that's all. That so all your first designs you drew. All yes, for, for many years, actually. Mm -hmm. The first several seasons of the hundreds, I designed almost everything head to toe. All the cut and sew to graphic t-shirts, beanies and headwear, everything. Yeah. Uh, right. in, a fit, in a fit of irony, have yes. you ever drawn your parents and then given it to them? <laughs> 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 and, and then sign that shit in the yeah. bottom right? No, no, I haven't. But I don't know if that would go over well. And it just, I don't think I'd be able to capture them. People don't like when I draw them. This is also something that. Do you do that often? Experience. Well, you know, when you're an artist, everyone always says, like, draw me, draw me. Mm -hmm. You know. You should do a caricature. Draw me wearing this, only this, you know? Like Kate Winslet and the Titanic. Yeah, that only happens all the time. It happens all the time. And then you're like, I mean, ah, are you sure? And then you do it, and they're like, I don't look like that. And you're like, you asked me to draw yeah. you. This is how I see you. Yeah, this is how I see you. And it's the same with a lot of yeah. designers, like, um, a lot of graphic designers get asked to design their friends' logos for brands and stuff. Mm. Do my logo. And they're like, are you sure you want me to do it? Yeah, I want you to do my logo however you think it looks best. And then you design it, and then all of a sudden they have input. Because really? everyone's a designer these days, right? Yeah. So everyone, you never tell them, you told me to do this! Yeah. Shut the fuck up! That's what happens. Wow. So it's a very tortured relationship for an artist when you were when, when you were like collabing with all those early brands that were getting office space in your guys's headquarters yeah were you also doing illustrations for those brands um if there were certain no no uh if we're partnering with certain brands or we're working alongside them we want them to do what they do best and we do the same thing in terms of when we have freelancers or outside artists that are contributing artwork for collaborations or clothing uh a lot of times they're like tell us what you want us to do and i'm like no we came to you because we want you to do what you do what right. brands are in your Headquarters. I I can't really say, but we do Office partner. Secret. Yeah, it's all like okay. confidential. Yeah, but we do. <laughs> Can you say who you've worked with in the past? I mean, there are a lot of brands that we've collaborated with in the past and that we support, right? And we have nothing mm -hmm. to do with Jungu, but like Hu Jungu is like a really popular young uh, Korean American run brand right now coming cool. up in streetwear. So Jung's popular. I would ch I would definitely check out WJW. In the timeline of the stuff you accomplished, did you finish law school? Yes. Before we graduated. Hundreds? Yes, we graduated it's law school. We started uh, the hundreds in our after our first year of law school. Law school is three years. Both him and his partner. And Both yeah. my partner Ben and I. And uh, yeah, we met each other in the midst of that first year. And by the end of the first year, we're like, let's try doing this over the summer. And um, I had no intentions of turning this into an actual company. I just was, I just, I felt really, I guess, uncreative. Like I, I wasn't, you know, I was restricted from pursuing any kind of passion because of law school. And I'd put myself in that position more or less, but it's just a very dry place. It's, you know, it's, it's hard. You're trying to be a good Asian? Yeah, I was trying to be good Asian. <laughs> I was also like, I had good intentions going to law school. I was coming off of 
being an artist and a writer for many years and just wasn't working. 9-11 had happened and, you know, a lot of that kind of... Some of us disagree. <laughs> oh, right, with the 9-11 thing? Sure, that's fine. I, didn't I don't even think it happened, bro. This is all CG, huh? I don't think it happened. The date September 11th actually happened. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that it did. I, September I remember 10th. It's going to happen again in a few days. <laughs> I'm actually flying on that day. Me too, yeah. To commemorate. Okay. <laughs> You're not going anywhere? If you had to sit down and pitch somebody like what your company exactly is for new people who don't know you. Like, oh gosh, that's that. That's, that's uh, yeah, that question's become so impossible to answer. Don't you all find that question dis difficult to answer? Is it now? because the more you've expanded, the more things you do, or what is it? Yeah, there's just and there's more curious and interests, and mm. you know, it depends on also where my money's. It's like, where's my money coming from? I don't know. That's like in investments and like property and. Crypto. So if you have to describe, you know. Uh, the hundreds then, and three animals? Yes, in three animals? Three animals, yeah. Um, it would be soft like a Bengal tiger because okay. of apparel, I nice, guess. Nice, I mean, at its core, we're a streetwear brand. Yeah. Like this kind of tiger? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and a question if that was real or not. Uh, what do you think? It's a real white tiger. The universe is fake anyway, dude, trust me. It's really fake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it looks. It doesn't matter. Actually, it looks sick, right? <laughs> it, is it, it real matter, to you? It all everything. <laughs> everything is a myth and a narrative. So if that's what you're that's saying, then I believe it. I don't care either way. Thank that's that, our streetwear god happy. right here. <laughs> He's our influence. Yeah. He went from full American to Eastern European. Yeah. I'm an icon. He's Russian for sure. Yeah. If I ran to you on the street. I would think that you're Eastern European. Oh, I thought you were going to say I throw hands immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the second part. Why would I do that? Have you had that answer? I caught myself in the mirror this morning and I wanted to throw hands. And I was like, whoa, whoa, that's us, that's us. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Oh my God, no. That's us. <laughs> do people often say that to you? Uh, it's a new rebrand for me. and uh, <laughs> It's a rebrand. <laughs> I'm honestly not used to it. And I want to constantly punch myself in the face. The last couple months, he's been coming in with like crazy outfits. Yeah. Yeah, it's a rebrand, a rebrand. Yeah. Do you still look like a 48-year-old dad? Yeah. Are you 48 years old? <laughs> I'm not. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I would never guess. No, I'm not no, a dad it was a 40, No, it was a 48-year-old dad on his first vacation to the Grand Canyon. That was his yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I look like, he's I look a 25-year-old Eastern European guy. Exactly. That works. I'm getting that. That message is coming through loud and clear. This is a new flavor though today, Eastern European. Well, there's so many zippers, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Just more pockets, really. Did you find that online? Anyone see my keys, my wallet? That's utility. What do you search to find these things online? Uh, punchable faces. <laughs> what was it about uh, art that your parents they didn't like you doing it. I, I just think that was the narrative. Speaking mm -hmm. of narratives, that was the narrative at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, your parents, for those of us who had immigrant parents, especially for second generation that were coming here, they sacrificed everything so that their kids could pursue this career of becoming a professional or a doctor, or t you know, government yeah. person or whatever it is. And then you're like, no, I'm gonna sit in the corner of a room and draw pictures. There really were not many examples of that in the in that period of time. So you just thought it was like a waste of time. Like I came all the way over here that, for you to do this. Yeah, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit definitely wasn't that deeply rooted back then. I was watching Forrest Gump. This is kind of a dumb story, but this, it, it makes, <laughs> it'll make sense in the end. I was watching Forrest Gump this weekend with my son. First of all, 
I didn't realize how I didn't remember how much of that movie was a love story. It's like every five seconds mm-hmm. it defaults back, to, back the to Jenny, Jenny thing, mm-hmm. and my kids were just like rolling their eyes, like what is this? <laughs> but I was trying to explain them. I'm like, this does that matter? Well, I think that somebody- <laughs> apparently you guys are located next to a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> They're, uh, <laughs> They're coming for our gold bars. <laughs> that that movie is a cross section of American history, right? So I was explaining every decade. I'm like the 50s were about 60s. Mm. There was war and like political turmoil, and then like the 70s, the hippie movement, right? And I was like the 80s. I would fall asleep if I heard all that too. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and like half of the. I think watching a movie yeah. with my dad sucks yeah. now. <laughs> but then in the eight, the 80s was about like American exceptionalism and capitalism, right? Mm. Where people and so like that was the chapter of the movie where. They talk about Nike, and then he makes like the have a nice day shirt, and it's all about these like starting up brands, and then he builds Bubba Gump, right? And so that was like, to me, I think that's what they were saying, like, they're like, this is what the 80s are about. And so, but before that, you didn't have that as a part of American history. It was just like, here's your career path, and this is what you follow, right? right? Like, you're a GM guy, you work at GM for 80 years, you get a gold watch, like, that's what you do, and you just, you shut your mouth about it. So all our immigrant parents coming here were like, we're just grateful to be here, keep our head down so nobody notices us. Mm-hmm. Let's just lock in a profession and just like, just keep our mouths shut, you know? And then I'm coming around like, no, I wanna be this, I wanna be, you know, I wanna be an artist, or I wanna yeah. start a skateboard company, which is what I wanted to do when I was growing up. And my parents were like, no, 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 that's never been done before. Thankfully, like, we all did that over the last two decades to where our kids are in, like, I can do anything now, right? They're watching Bart being like, I want to be just like Bart. No way. Yeah. Fitness influencer. Yeah. Yeah. Fitness, fitness guru. Strong and handsome. <laughs> so now that you're, is there, like, uh, anything that you want your kid to be or even hope that he does? I, anything he wants to do, uh, you know, I hope that we can all figure out how to make it work together. Um, he'll figure it out, they'll figure it out on their own. There's, I have two boys, but I've always told them, do whatever you want to do as long as you're happy and passionate about doing it, we'll figure out a way. What if their right. goal in life was to be lazy? Well, I, even that, I feel like we can somehow turn into, because I think my children are very lazy. I'm incredibly lazy. And I think most of us who work really hard are actually lazy. Yeah, like, I work so much just so that I can lay down as much as possible, <laughs> right? Just That's like, how much time can I, to, can I build into my day to lay down? And so it's just like, if I hire more people to do that job, then I can lay down a little bit longer. <laughs> and then you have more inspiration to do more dream shit. Yeah. And then you're like, wait, it's gonna take work to achieve these exactly. dreams and then so I got to get up and like right it forces me so there is I think an, an exchange yeah. there because a lot of the hardworking people I know they don't actually get that far they they do good working for other people right they like are good as staff and employees and like they have like a really successful career like that but I think a lot of founders and owners and like startup people are actually pretty lazy they aren't good working for other, like I was the worst employee at every job that I had before I started the hundreds. I just was like literally falling asleep at my desk and all my internships and I worked for the city attorney for a whole summer and literally my boss would come out and find me like literally sleeping on the desk. And I was just like, I gotta figure out drawings? a way. <laughs> I was just sitting there drawing one time and I was like, I gotta figure out a way to work for myself so that I can sleep all the time. Wow. That's the secret right. of business. That's the secret. But isn't that kind of like working for other people it kind of does make you feel lazy because it's like you don't get to necessarily reap the rewards 
unless you're somewhere that's structured really nice, right? Like, usually, yeah. usually it's like, yeah, I'm working for somebody else so I can get to where the point where I can make my own thing. If that's what your mindset is. Yeah, that's a conversation I have a lot, especially the last couple of years, as more and more people are going through this crisis or just having these breakthrough moments of, do I want to work at a company or do I want to work for myself? Do I want to work from home? Do I want to go to an office? And I've been having this a lot with staff that have been coming in and out too, because. I think the pandemic just forced a lot of people to reckon to to reckon with. Do I want to stay in the same building for the rest of my life and work for somebody else? Do I want to pursue my dreams? And I think there's actually a beauty to both. A lot of people who are employees or work for someone else, they want to be founders because they look at that as freedom. And I'm always just like, are you kidding me? Like, I wish I could be like you. I wish that I had the wherewithal and the passion to be able to work for a company and a team. And like, I've just never been a good team player growing up. I couldn't do any team sports were not for me. I had to do individual sports and the same thing with companies. I didn't know how to work with other people. That's why I became a founder. But for me, when I'm looking at my staff leaving every day at 5, 5.30 p.m. and they go home, they have they can pursue their own lives and their own interests and they have side hustles, whatever. I'm like, man, that's freedom. Like, I'll never be able to do that. Right, they can we, turn it off. We know this yeah. as entrepreneurs yeah. is that you're 25 hours a day dedicated to one thing. You can't do the things that you really want to do, right? Everyone's like, oh, you can, you're following your dreams. I'm like, all I, these are my dreams. I'll never be able to pursue them because I'm so committed to this. I have overhead and I have my staff that I have uh, responsibilities and you know duties and like I can't go off and just explore whatever I want to do all the time. Which is a skateboarding company. Let's just make it right now. We should just start it. We'll incorporate it online, get get the laptop, I'll show you how to do it, okay? You got your models over there, the fashion icons. Yeah, pull up legal zoom right now. We'll set it, we'll set up the whole thing. <laughs> we got an LLC, fuck it. Oh, we gotta buy a bunch of wheels and wood. This is probably the easiest business ever. What's a two by four? <laughs> I love diminishing that. It's hilarious. I don't know if uh, how sustainable a skateboard company with six owners is going to be. <laughs> nah, we'll figure it out. Thin slice of pie now that we're getting. Only one sixth of the board. Yeah. He just wants to chill all day. So we know he's not going to be too involved. So now that, now that uh, a lot of people look to you for like the blueprint of how to do this, yeah. and they're. There could be people out there that are like, you know what? I'm not going to be a dentist. Yeah. I'm not going to be a lawyer. I want to do what you do. Right. How do you, what's your best way of explaining, hey man, this isn't easy either. You know, like, because people are I think if you read my book, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, when I wrote, I wrote What's your book, book called? It's called, This Is Not A T-Shirt. It's my memoir and it's the story of my life and how we built the brand. But when I wrote it, everyone expected it to be, oh, it's your success story and it's about all your wins and victories and I was like it's actually a failure story if you it's just like all about hardships and how we kept messing up over and over and over again and how to pick ourselves up adapt and pivot which is every day in this game especially every type of business now you have to reinvent yourself every single day just to keep your head above water just to stay relevant and things are moving so fast and so when you read that book I think it's a pretty honest depiction of what it's like it's not this massive corporation mm. we're still a mom and pop shop every single day like I still run the business like it's day one like we don't have any backers or investors in the in the company we've never had and so um, I think it might be helpful to read that and also just talk to other people who are founders and understand how hard it is the grass is always greener on the other side I would love to be a staff person somewhere at a company be a part of a team that's you know like I think there's something really noble in that and everyone working together to build something and if something ever goes wrong with that company or brand you can perish you can rip cord and pull right out of that and start your other dream right 
I'll never be able to do that. I'm forever tethered to my company, no matter what yeah. it does. I could sell my company today in 30 years, people are still gonna be like, you're the guy from the hundreds, yeah. right? And that so failed it. And that failed it, <laughs> yeah. or even if it's- You'll never make a skateboarding company. You're a loser. <laughs> even if it's successful, like that will always eclipse whatever else I do, yeah. all right? I can start like the world's best coffee company tomorrow and people are still gonna be like, Marky Mark, I remember when you were dancing around in your underwear, and it's oh, just like, yeah, yeah, I'm a dude. very successful actor now, and it's like, I'm Mark Wahlberg. No, it. for me, you're Calvin Klein model, Marky Mark, forever, mm -hmm. right? And so these are things that you always have to think about. It's just, it's not always what it seems to be to be like a founder or owner. Everyone wants that, I understand, they think, and they also think there's more money in it. That's also the other myth and mirage of the whole thing. People are always like, because mm. when I say this, I always say like, you don't, you can also always not start a brand. You can also always not start your own company. You know, you get your dream can be also working with some other people. But they're like, oh, you're just trying to like keep all the money for yourself and you're trying to hold <laughs> others down. I'm like, I make less money than some of my employees. Right, and in the wow. long run, like I lose a lot more money than people. Like people can save and invest, and like I'm constantly pouring all my life savings back into this work. There are yeah. months where I have to skip paying myself just to pay the rent and like keep the lights on, and people don't see that part. Dang, this guy's not a very good businessman. <laughs> 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 oh, <wow. laughs> <laughs> <laughs>